The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto. Welcome to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined by Jerry Karaya and, uh, you know, very interesting week in the precious metals, kind of a quiet week, though, um, in terms of what was happening in the market, uh, gold and silver just kind of laid laid low in the market. It's Friday as we're recording the show, Jerry, and the prices have dipped suddenly. Um, gold right now is trading at $1,736 US per ounce. That's the spot price. And silver right now is trading at just under $19 an ounce. Um, let's start with with what's going on right now in the markets. We see that gold year-to-date is down 1.7% in Canadian, which isn't too bad when you compare it to you know, the Dow that's down 10% year-to-date. S&P's down almost 14% year-to-date. NASDAQ's down 21.5% year-to-date. TSX is down 6 just over 6% and Bitcoin down 56%. Mm -hmm. So, you know, things are looking pretty good in the gold market. If you're only down 1.7, maybe less so in silver, which is down 15.6%. What do you say to someone who might be feeling a little uh, frustrated with the current price action in silver? Price is just price. Uh, This is a a moment in, in time in history where you want to kind of differentiate away from digital pricing of anything. We all remember what oil did a couple months or a couple of years ago when oil went negative. Try to buy that barrel of oil, oil at negative few dollars. So price is price. You can't access it. You can't, you can't obtain the physical ounces at a certain price because when it breaches the cost to bring it out or the cost to mine or the cost for the wholesalers, you simply can't get the product at a certain time. So price watching is one thing. It is We all want to um, try to pick the dips as best as possible. But in this market, we also have to realize that it's a currency game. You know, they, they, All the currencies are being destroyed, devalued at a pace that is, that is rivaling you know, what we've seen in Venezuela, Turkey. Countries are seeing hyperinflation. Can it happen here? We, we can't be naive to, to the fact that when you print the amount of paper that we printed in the past three years because of uh, COVID lockdowns and we want to recover from COVID, um, there's more money, there's more cash going to be printed. You know, we'll get into some of the currencies a little bit later in the show, of course. Just looking at the ratio, this is actually where it gets pretty exciting if you're if you're in the silver market. If you've got uh, gold trading at 1735 and Silver's trading at let's say 1890. You're looking at almost a 92 to 1 ratio of how many ounces it takes of silver to buy an ounce of gold. This has actually gotten uh, several of our clients in the last couple of days very excited, and they were actually selling gold, Jerry, to buy silver. And it was interesting because they hadn't necessarily broken even on the gold trade. But when you did the math on it, you said, okay, well, you're buying silver today, and even with the higher premiums, you're paying you know twenty two fifty twenty three dollars an ounce, and whatever let's say you're incurring a few losses on the gold, and you add those losses into where silver has to go to catch up to that, 
you you put the price of silver in twenty seven, twenty eight dollars, and you say, okay, can silver get to twenty eight dollars before the price of gold cracks two thousand dollars? Very easily. It becomes a calculated risk, right? You look at the the ratio. You say ninety ninety to one. This is crazy. You know, in in twenty twenty in March of twenty twenty, the ratio went above a hundred to one. The paper price went down to you know on silver down to thirteen dollars. Now you couldn't have bought it for less than seventeen anyway. The paper price was an aberration. The physical world said na na na. Can't get it at that at that paper paper price. That's mm-hmm. not the physical world. That's the fake world, which is a common theme for mm-hmm. everything we're seeing today. There's so much you know simulacrum. It's just everything is just a facade. And what what is real? And I think as the inflation grows, and as people start to say you know we need real assets, we need real things in our possessions, um, real cash, mm-hmm. you know these type of things. Um, so it's a, it's a world that's changing. So when you see these type of numbers that are unreal, that are an aberration, you say, okay, this is probably a time to pick up whatever I can, even with those premiums, because in March of 2020, even though that ratio went to, I think 120, yeah, was it, um, within several, within se- within six months, in less than six months, the price of silver hit a high of $31. Mm-hmm. That's a massive gain mm-hmm. in the market. Now, of course, it got, I'm using air quotes, tamped down, right? The COMEX, they figured out whatever they could do at the time to get the price back down. Rigging it, yep. That's a different, that was a different time. Mm-hmm. And now things have changed, right? You've got the Bank of International Settlements saying you need to get the physical. You have to have less of this paper market. You had the nickel market uh, the nickel market on the LME implode, and that was a shot across the bow of those who want to use paper paper uh, inventory to try to manipulate the physical price. The paper defaults. The, the ETFs back then changed their prospectus to say, well, next time round, there's not going to be the physical metal in, in, these, in, these, uh, in these accounts. Um, so what you're going to be buying is going to be purely paper and purely a derivative mm-hmm. um, and not what you think you're, in, uh, quote, unquote, investing in. And so things have really changed. People have continued to buy. The, and then as well, since that time, the drain of the physical product on the COMEX, uh, just before the show, Jerry, you were showing me a truck from the COMEX of 1,000-ounce bars leaving the COMEX. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an incredible drain of physical product. So one has to wonder, you know, two, year, uh, two and a half years later, if the market were to push up again this time, can they tamp down the price at $31? Different ballgame. When you had all these changes, when we have a big shift, look, we've had rule changes for decades with inflation, the measurements have been changed. The rules have changed. Prospectuses have changed. But one thing has remained is we're seeing that he who has the gold makes the rules. Therefore, we're seeing a drain of the physical coming out of the comics. The bleed is continuing out of the LBMA at a pace that is going to see at this continued pace in a, in a less than in less than two years, they're going to run out of inventory. Oh, I've heard it's it's less than six months. It could be. When you see these trucks driving away thousand ounce silver bars away from the comics, the move is real. Now, here's a here's something that I've heard in the past. 
I've heard that one of the reasons why entities never really took physical possession of the metals off the exchanges was because the exchanges were kind of bullying people in that if they saw that you were taking a lot of delivery of the product saying, oh, here's a place where we can access physical product, they kind of punished you and stopped doing business with you. So you were encouraged to not take, like you could play the game, but you couldn't exit the game and it's you just, had to play by their rules. You're just talking like a, about rules. Even, even we, we see that type of attitude with personal banking. We want to keep everything in house. And as soon as you want to move your mortgage, they may pen, penalize you in, you know, in changing your account types and some of the benefits that you have with the bank. So we're seeing it here. That's the way that big banks work. Incentivize or they take away. But now it's changed because now that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know exactly who's taking delivery. I, I do think a lot. I know that wholesalers are taking delivery. I'm not sure why they're taking delivery of these massive thousand ounce bars unless it's literally to give it to the refiners to, to convert into, into product so that they can sell it. You know, if I'm a wholesaler and I'm, out, and I'm not getting product from a refiner because they say, well, we, you know, we can only get so much, I might take those physical industrial bars and, and say, okay, here's, pro- here's, here's some supply, <laughs> make me some metal. Uh, probably uh, family funds are, are taking, per- large personal, peop- uh, personal holders are taking. So there's any number of reasons. Maybe there's sovereigns taking as well. We see an, an uptick in, in gold purchases from all the BRIC nations. Mm-hmm. And there's an article I looked at last week about India. India soaks up the physical silver as the COMEX bleed continues. And this is coming from the, the Indian Ministry of Commerce, that they highlighted that India it, silver imports are now projected to top 8,200 tons in 2022. This represents 25% of all silver produced globally from all the mines. Through July, they have surged 5,100 tons in India. And that is that figure is more than the country has ever imported in the last two years. And now this is happening as the comics, their supplies are dwindling and the spot price, as the pro- spot prices slide, it doesn't make sense. But there are the two, the two types of vaults at the comics are eligible and registered. Eligible holdings already belong to banks, and you mentioned family offices and other, other companies, other firms, whereas registered bars are the bars that are available for futures contract holders to take delivery of the physical. And that's what they want to do. They want to take physical. They're not trusting these paper future contracts. Why? I'll get to that in a minute. Since the silver squeeze of January 2021, the registered ounces available are now under 63.4% at just under 55 million ounces. We're seeing the squeeze here on this comics warehouse summary chart here, Jeremy. There's a massive drain down in one year, 63%. Now, even though open interest in futures contracts stands at 735 million ounces, that is 1,324% of the registered bars vaulted at the COMEX. So the COMEX has, has drained 60, over 60% of its supply, and on the 40% that's left, they're leveraged 1,000%? 1,324%. And if you are one of these futures contract holder, a major holder of these futures contracts, wouldn't you want to take delivery? Of course. So simplistically, the COMEX is only 55 million ounces away. Sounds like a lot, but it's not. Oh, they're, um, 
55 million ounces away from a, a technical default and having to close out contracts with cash settlements. Two to three years ago, cash was okay. Is cash okay today? No one wants cash, and that's why we want the physical. Yeah, exactly. You want the physical product. That's why here at Guildhall, we only deal in physical product. You buy it, take it, take direct delivery of it, come and pick it up uh, at our offices, schedule a pickup. And in registered accounts, it's physical product as well. You're actually buying physical product that's being allocated in a sub-account, your own sub-account at the vault, which means no counterparty risk. You have direct ownership of your physical product and you get your itemized inventory report, kind of like a warehouse receipt, showing exactly what physical product you own in that vault. So you can buy it, take it home. You can go to the e-store, guildhallpreciousmetals.com. You can put it in your registered account. You can even put it in your own vault storage if you don't want to store, you know, 3,000, 4,000 ounces of silver at home. So give us a call. The number is one silver The website, guildhallwealth.com. We have so much more to talk about here on The Real Money Show on AM640. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Before the break, we were talking about what's happening on the comics. We want to get back to that, Jerry, because I think it's important for people to understand the dynamics and not be disheartened just by seeing the price come down a little bit. It's actually an incredible opportunity. And, and I have to say, it's not like we're fielding calls of people being frustrated. Most people are excited. They're actually picking up some more product. But, you know, look, it paints a picture, right? Um, and, and maybe that is intentional to stop people from trying to get into the market because really at least, you know, anyone who's listened to the show and we'll talk more about it, it really feels like having an actual physical asset, something that is real money is where you want to be right now. And at least have some in, in gold and silver, because here's a word that's being bandied about a lot, unprecedented times, Mm -hmm. um, unprecedented This is just, we are, you know, we talked about this, Jerry, years ago on The Real Money Show, when quantitative easing came into into play. We're talking about a monetary experiment the world had never seen before. And now we're looking at the end game of that because I still don't quite understand why they haven't raised interest rates over the last 10 years. But, oh, bang, we'll we'll raise it just as inflation's getting really hot. Like, Mm -hmm. you could have been doing this in 2015. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have hurt to to raise interest rates a quarter point, you know, a quarter point a year for five years and bang, we're already there and it's already been absorbed. But no, too it little, seems too like they're intent on destroying the economy. And now it's, do you want to destroy the economy, get us into a recession, or do you want to print us into oblivion? And of course, all these countries around the world, more and more reports, Jerry, of countries dropping their treasuries, dropping their bonds. Who's going to buy them? Who's going to buy them? <laughs> it's going to be the it's Fed. Obviously they're going the to monetize the debt. And when that happens, you're going to get more inflation. But speaking of inflation, um, it's been a while since we uh, referred to a great site, a blog site called Better Dwelling. They really focus on the real estate market. And I think the real estate market is very telling of what's happening uh, to Canadians 
and how they're how they're dealing with the current monetary policies and what's happening with inflation, etc. And of course, we know that this is all being caused because they've printed all this money very quickly. So, one of uh, the first article I want to bring uh, to the attention is the title is Canadian mortgage debt is rising at half a billion dollars per day on average. Half a billion a day. Now they're saying wow. that it's come down a little bit, but it's still half a billion a day. And ultimately, you should see, check out this chart, Jerry. For, for those, uh, you know, you're, you're only listening to the, to the show, between 1990 and 2003, you're looking at about uh, a 15% incline, steady 15%, a uh, 15 degree incline. Mm-hmm. And then after about 2005, we hit into a 45-degree yeah. incline that has not let up. And that's mortgage debt. That's mortgage Canadian. debt. You can see on this chart that around 2010, we hit $1 trillion, Right. And we're currently at $2 trillion. Now, that means in, less, in about a decade's time, the mortgage debt in Canada has doubled. Has the population doubled? No. Not even close. So now we know what's caused this. Low interest rates caused it. Uh, trying to keep up with the bubble in real estate caused it. Why do we go into real estate? Well, um, people are looking for yield. When you have low interest rates, where are you going to, you can't, the savers are punished. You're not getting 5% in the bank when, inter- when inflation was apparently 3%. I'd be, posit- I'd be in the positive. Mm-hmm. Nope, can't. You're in the negative. Inflation's at two, and I'm getting less than two in the bank, so I've got to chase yield somehow, and I can borrow at a cheap rate. So I go into the real estate market. That pushes everything up. People are are having to spend over 60% of their income on housing. Well, what happens when inflation hits? It might not necessarily be that you've got the variable mortgage and can handle a, a quarter point, half a point increase. You can say, okay, well, that only adds a couple hundred dollars a month. No, it's the rest of the inflation. And that's why Canadians are spending over half a billion a day adding to their mortgages just to keep up. Mm-hmm. Now, this is also a telltale in my mind. Okay, I'm, I, I'm, no, I'm no real estate investor guru, but when you see mortgage debt has doubled in 10 years and the population is not doubled in 10 years, you have a problem. There's going to be... Uh, uh, a quelling, like mm-hmm. the market's going to come back down and you can see how far it has to come. Mm-hmm. You know, they're saying that the prices have come off by 300,000. What if it comes, you know, you're looking at, what if it came off by 50%? Mm-hmm. We're seeing that the data is showing a slowdown, but I don't think we've entered into panic mode just yet. There will come a point where, you know, the seller who is holding out in those prices, they don't, they don't want to drop their prices, but when you get that drop, then you have the psychology at play where the buyer says, I'm in control. I'm not going to waive any, any clauses. I'm not going to waive any inspections. Um, they're, they're smarter buyers now. They're waiting it out. And we're seeing that, that play out. And a lot of these Canadians, I know a lot of Canadians who have taken out and used their houses as an ATM machine. So they're refinancing. They're pulling out just to keep, keep afloat. Some, cl- some people, um, business owners, savvy entrepreneurs, saw their businesses slow down to a point where they had to use their houses as an ATM machine, but they know they, they've lost their, not only their businesses, but some have actually lost their houses at the same time. 
So we are, I think, at the beginning of a, of a really bad cycle here. And Better Dwelling does a great job of, of highlighting some of, this, uh, some of these worries. Now, here's another article that they put out. Canada's inflation revisions show something is really wrong. This is, uh, this is pointed out by the National Bank. They made a research note that um, basically there was uh, core inflation was uh, constantly revised from January. Um, in January of this year, they reported fairly robust inflation at 2.3 in this particular uh, report. And then StatsCan revised that core inflation to 3.2, so up you know, up a, almost a, a point, point plus. Mm -hmm. And they said the fund didn't stop there. In August, they released uh, the January 22 was revised once again up to 3.6. So from 2.3 up to 3.6. And what uh, the National Bank said in this report is the, communal, the com cumulative revisions, could I finally get that word out, <laughs> since you the did. beginning of the year are nothing short of dramatic. The point here okay, is to not look for conspiracies per se. It's, it's that this, it's not to say that there's a concerted effort to downplay inflation, but that the National Bank is saying that the explained methodology changes will persistently downplay in inflation going forward, that it highlights that these indicators don't quite show what the central bank thinks it's showing, <laughs> right? In other words, it's flawed. And the article closes with a quote from Jeff Bezos saying, when the anecdotes and the data disagree, the anecdotes are usually right. There's something wrong with the way you're measuring it. If the monetary system is based almost entirely on inflation targeting, this is not him quoting, this is the article, how it's measured requires much more public discussion. Mm -hmm. So in other words, how can you trust the numbers that are coming out if they're constantly being revised how are these models supposed to be used? Well, you can't. Canadians are taking this information with a grain of salt. We're being lied to. They're revising over and over again with regards to something so important in inflation where they use inflation data to determine how much uh, Social Security or how much uh, you know the old age pension pensioners receive based on inflation. And if you cap it, well, you don't have to pay these people. It's very unjust. The The... When you're skewing the way we gauge and the way we gauge are these measures of inflation, the measurements, uh, even language, when you start changing language, when the meaning of a recession is, is now changed, you know, we have to take action for ourselves. We can no longer use the measurements that are being given to us by the upper ups, the upper echelons, and we have to start start you know, taking action. And that's why we're seeing Canadians come to Guildhall and looking at gold and silver and getting out of that system. Because do we really believe the price to earnings ratios? Are we really believing the, the, you know, how strong these companies are performing when we saw BlackRock CEO, Tesla CEOs dumping millions of dollars just this past week, millions of dollars of their own shares, just dumping it. Billionaires are selling stocks at like never before. And we're seeing the, the evidence of what the Federal Reserve is doing today. Jackson Hole concludes in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Uh, the Federal Reserve Chair J Jerome Powell spoke. Everyone was anticipating what he had to say. 
and he pledged full full cool toolkit in the fight against its historic inflation. The stock market is in the red, Jeremy. The Dow is down 600 to 800 points. I don't know where it's at right now. Powell also is hinting at a potential pain for households in the months ahead. And this is all coming on the back of some softer inflationary data. That's the only thing that they're, they're trying to go at right now is inflation. They're doing it at the cost of the stock market. So it's a, it's a battle between should I battle inflation or, sh- or, should, I, um, or should I just feed, feed the Wall Street heads? They're going after inflation, and uh, we'll see how, how much they can actually continue this rate hike. But that's the only thing that's holding up the U.S. dollar right now. When we have nations dumping the U.S. dollar, the only thing that they can do is try to, look, try to make the U.S. dollar look strong. Yeah, you know, look, the, the BRIC nations, if you're following the, the story and, and the progression of what's happening with the BRIC nations, there's more nations joining the BRICs in terms of looking at multipolar currencies that are backed by gold. And this is all because the sanctions that were put on Russia, they had no choice. You forced them into it. And they have energy, and they have commodities, and they're saying to all of their traders, look, if you want to trade with us, because you want these goods, rubles. Convert into rubles, or uh, use your other currencies and convert it into gold, and then into rubles. Like, it, it makes it easy for all of these trading partners around the world to say, yeah, I can do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll drop, I'll drop a whole bunch of U.S. dollars to hold physical gold that I can convert into rubles and do whatever currency. And you know what? That would be the takeaway for today. The huge takeaway for today. Gold is the bridge. Okay? If you, if you were in the Euro, if you were in the European Union before they converted, right? You lived in Italy. You lived in Portugal. You lived in France. If you had gold and then you had to convert into the euro, you didn't lose wealth. You know, I think Italians lost 60%. They, they had to convert at 30 cents on the dollar. Uh, they lost when in that conversion. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a fair conversion across the board. It never but is. But with gold, it is. Yes. Gold is rising in all currencies. It may look like it's down right now, but it's up mm-hmm. year over year. It's only had two down years in the last decade in Canadian dollars alone. So it is the bridge, the next current, the next financial system, which we hope is not central bank digital currencies, because that's the end. But whatever the next system is, gold retained the value, and then you could move into the next currency. And so you want that bridge. You need that bridge. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck with these currencies that are backed by nothing. And it looks like the BRIC nations are looking to get to a point where their currencies are backed by something. And we're seeing this, uh, this new financial infrastructure that's being, that has been built. The union has been built. This is probably the most exciting news to happen in the precious metal sector especially just coming back coming off the back of you know the spoofing trial with the JP Morgan traders they were found guilty of some some crimes but they were not tr- found guilty of racketeering so another slap on the wrist the life goes on will it ever end the cynicism continues up until this point Jeremy it's going to be so exciting to talk about this one 
Let's get into it in the next segment. The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. You can also purchase some physical precious metals direct from your couch, from your car, wherever you are. We make it easy. Go to guildhallpreciousmetals.com. It's the real metal. <laughs> the real metal show. It's the real <laughs> money metal show, show on AM six forty, and we'll be right back. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. We've got to get back to the, um, the comics, what's happening there, because it's really so exciting for the physical precious metal market, it really does feel, Jerry, like the calm before the storm. I have a lot of clients, actually, who've been loading up over the summer, and they there's, there's a lot of people saying the same thing. I think things are going to get pretty crazy come the fall, that there's just this kind of summer lull. People are, you know, the sun's shining. I'm taking a break. I don't want to think about it. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to try to zen out a little bit because they're talking about a crazy dark winter. And, um, you know, you see the energy crisis that they're having in Europe. And, you know, you're hearing about food shortages. And, you know, every day it's something that just irritating, Mm -hmm. you know, it's getting you down. And you kind of say, there's got to be a there's got to be a solution to all of this. But people see real, real things coming ahead, dark clouds. And they're preparing, and they all seem to be having this feeling. I, I'm tempered a little bit, um, having been in the market, you know, over 15 years. I'm, I'm kind of sitting there going, well, it, it, it may not happen in, in, in September, or it may not happen in October, but it is going to happen. Mm-hmm. The prices are going to skyrocket. Yeah, it's not a matter. Are you of- having clients saying the same thing? Definitely, uh, I'm accumulating as much as possible. Other areas would be, which would be, you know, we're hearing a lot to do with the power grid. We're seeing a lot of generator purchases. People are interested in generators. People, um, you know, looking at food potential. Well, obviously, you know, we're not doom and gloomers. We all have life insurance, car insurance, um, hoping for the best. But you just prepare for these events that could potentially uh, happen. You know, we are. We, we are masters of our own destinies here, uh, and with some preparedness, with some faith, and with some uh, with some good advice, we can make the right moves. And really, it's really filtering this this news cycle. What we're seeing this this change of verbiage and change of measurements, and how things that we used to be able to rely on as gauges for financial security, those are out the window. So the the rules have changed, the world is changing, and it's changing and moving towards a shift in hard assets. And I'm so happy to be able to offer this type of solution to individuals away from fiat currencies, which have a finite lifespan. And you do not want to be in that boat that has a, that has that's riddled with holes, that is sinking. You want to get onto, as you mentioned, tempered. It's like a lifeboat. It's like uh, an anchor. That all systems, when we see a new financial system, it usually begins and always does begin with precious metals. Yeah, there's nothing new under the sun. We're going to be going back to some sort of standard, and you're going to need physical gold. I was just reading, uh, hearing something about um, that, uh, which country was it in South America? I think Peru, maybe? They were talking, th- there's, there's whispers about nationalizing mines there. Yep. Uh, that could happen. 
you know, um, mines could definitely be nationalized because there'll be such a, a move towards acquiring the physical product. And again, the, you can't just flip a switch and start mining it. You can only add to the, to the physical gold supply by, I think, one and a half, maybe at maximum 2% two, 2 a year. So the product that is going to be available is going to be um, quite rare and very special to have. And as a result, the prices are going to go through the roof uh, on that. Because, you know, one of the biggest myths about physical gold is some would say, well, there's not enough. Well, there's always enough at the right price. <laughs> the price just has to go. You know, Nixon could have easily raised the price of gold up to $600 an ounce and been able to pay his creditors. No problem. Right. Instead, they said, no, we don't have enough gold. We're going to close the window and let it let it be free. And, of course, it went to $850 an ounce, which, you know, if you had... If you bought it at thirty five and it went to eight fifty, you did incredibly well. Well, why can't it start at you know seventeen fifty and go to five thousand and be very very well? It could go to ten thousand. I mean, it, you know, at some point it won't even matter where the price goes. It matters how many ounces you have. And you know, gold isn't the only gold and silver aren't the only assets that people are looking at these days in terms of how to protect against inflation and recession. There's an article, Jerry, that came out of FT saying um, from diamonds to wine, investors rush to luxury collectibles. Now, when I mentioned this to you, uh, you were talking about Lamborghinis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Lamborghini market has literally dried, dried up for the foreseeable future. A lot of um, deep-pocketed individuals and families have, have rushed to this segment of the luxury market, which is a telltale sign of... You want to get out of hyperinflating currencies and into something that can retain its value. Yeah, and you know maybe it's not equal across the board. I've noticed um, uh, like luxury watches have come off, and maybe that's because cryptocurrencies and crypto millionaires has pushed people to say, well, "I'm going to spend money," you know, and um, those type of items are really kind of on the lower end of things that, that you can buy. So it's not the Apple iWatch doing it. Uh, no, it's <laughs> not the Apple iWatch doing it. Although I imagine you know inflation's kind of taking a bite out of that Apple. And people are saying, well, maybe I'll put off buying a new Apple iWatch or my right. first iWatch uh, for a year or two Spending. because I can't afford it. Yeah. And so are the sales going to be that big? Mm -hmm. um, anyway, I, I digress. Let, let's talk about this article uh, from Madison Derbyshire in, that came out on August 19th in the FT. Um, she wrote, a demand for collectibles, one of one of the more quote-unquote alternative alternative assets is soaring as appetite for recession-proof inflation hedges grows. Wary of overpriced volatile stocks and bored of tiers of low-yielding bonds, investors are increasingly pushing into niche assets, classes such as wine, baseball cards, sneakers, and diamonds. She uh, goes on to write that... Um, it's not just individuals. Now, investment firms are getting into the getting into the markets. They're slowly moving in over the past few years, and there's been a sea change. And e even in the past six months, hedge funds and professional investors are now carving out pieces of the pie to put their money into collectibles as well. So people are starting to realize that rare collectibles is a moneymaker. Now, it's a longer-term moneymaker, but why not have that in your portfolio? Right? Does everything have to be short term? Um, and they're saying that investment firms now are representing about a third of collectible purchasers. 
And the precedent for collectibles as hedges is happening. It's happening in the whiskey market. It's happening in baseball cards and in the diamond market. Let's get let's continue this and we'll show you what, what's happening in the diamond market in the next segment. The number one eight seven seven eight silver, the website guildhallwealth.com. It's the real money show on AM six forty. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. It's not just gold and silver. Investors are looking for alternative, alternative assets, some things that are recession-proof and that are infl- hedges against inflation. They're looking at collectibles, Jerry, and one of the collectibles of collectibles, the secret of secrets is natural fancy colored diamonds and even in this article from ft they they do mention pink diamonds from the fancy color research foundation uh from their from their books and their research and they mention that the pink diamonds have appreciated more than 300 percent since 2008 according to the fancy color research foundation now it's important uh in any collectible that you kind of know what you're looking for because not all baseball cards are going to end up being worth something. You know, uh, not every coin you buy at the Royal Canadian Mint is going to end up being a collectible. So there's some, there's a few things that you need to look for um, in in terms of acquiring a natural fancy color diamond. Jerry, very quickly, what are some things that people should look for when when thinking about acquiring a natural fancy color diamond to hedge inflation and protect their wealth? The main idea would be to get something, get a, into a natural fancy color diamond that is rare. You want to be able to understand, and we can walk you through this understanding and really taking a look at the, the C's and the four C's in the color diamond market. So when we look at this investment, when we look at this asset class, it's very important to understand that this market is all about the color. And when we attain the highest saturation of color, which is vivid or intense, you're now getting into a realm that is rare. So in other words, just to keep it super simple here, a fancy light diamond is not going to be, uh, is not going to hold value. And as well, sometimes purity of color, or at least colors that are color enhancing are also important. So in other words, a pink diamond is great. A purplish pink is also great. A brownish pink, eh, not so great. So we have to understand how color is going to affect the value. Now, Jerry, um, what would be some things, let's call it the the top five reasons that someone would want to own a natural fancy colored diamond. Easily. The top five reasons for us, which would be portability, you want to be able to maneuver. We've seen a lot of individuals move around different countries over the past couple years. So a diamond has achieved that, that, um, that need. Also concentrated, you can literally hold $50,000, $100,000 in the palm of your hand, a million dollars in the palm of your hand, sew them in your cufflinks, and they're good to go. Uh, rarity. This is the caveat that many overlook. Um, we read that the CEO of Asprey in London, he said once acquiring pink diamonds is about incomparability. The concern for rarity and personality that lies behind the rise of pink diamonds is typical of an art collector's attitude. The rarity, rarity is your attitude. Um, zero cost, which would be number four. In and, terms of, um, in terms of, there's no uh, management cost. Like once you own the diamond, that's it. There's no, 
There's no additional fees on it. There's no management. It's exactly. just you own it. That's it. And number five, easy to pass on. Inheritance is, we call it, bureaucracy-free. You don't have to contact lawyers and do all of this estate work. It's easy to pass on. It's private. And that's exactly why we support Color Diamonds in a portfolio. So if, if that sounds... Uh Interesting, intriguing. You can give us a call. Uh, a great way to continue to diversify our portfolio. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver and you can even check out some of the diamonds on guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, let's talk about what's happening on the comics. We started off the show by looking at how things have changed in in the dynamic of the exchanges because, you know, looking at March 2020, the, the market took – you know, dipped down considerably. It broke apart the physical paper market. The market went up to 30, and then the market got tamped down. And then, of course, then you had come January, you had the silver squeeze, and those buyers have continued to buy, continued to stack, and the, and the, the physical product on the exchanges continued to drain. So the question is, again, can the market break 30 without it being tamped down again? What's really changed in the market that's going to make it be able to break through that $30, cut through it like it like a hot knife through butter, and we're off to the races? Has the dynamic really changed, or can they tamp it back down? Tamping down the price will be a thing of the past, Jeremy. They've been doing this through spoofing, uh, which and they continue to do today, but this will be coming to an end with physics. As we're seeing the launch of a new exchange, the rigging will be over. Russia proposes new standard to compete with the rigged London Bullion Market Association. This is coming from Capital Exploits. This is huge. You have to look into this. Now, they're launching the Moscow World Standard, which will be the alternative to the London Bullion Market Association, which we know is systematically manipulating the precious metals markets. Um, it is very important to know who's involved in this. Uh, Russia, not, not only Russia, we have Armenia, Belarus, Kazakhstan, a number of countries, including Venezuela, Peru, and they're pricing the gold in units away from the U.S. dollar and the euro. So it could be their nation's currencies or BRIC currencies, but the monopoly of the LBMA is going to be over. And when that happens, you see the true price discovery of precious metals, of gold, of silver, of platinum. Uh, we have to remember, for starters, Russia fixed the price back in May March in rubles at 5000 per gram, which works out today to be actually $2,447.17 U.S. per troy ounce. Obviously, we see the LBMA fixed price today is 1740 So the LBMA's ability to drive down gold prices using paper gold manipulation appears to be running out. Not to mention the banks that were net short are now net long. Right? JP Morgan is net long, I understand. JP Morgan is net long. The shorts are done. The silver squeeze is on. The silver and gold are leaving the comics, leaving the old guard. And we're starting a new international financial infrastructure. And if you have the gold and if you have the silver, you can pivot into this new infrastructure. Fairly, fairly simple. Do this for yourself. Do this for your family. And, and, you know, when everything begins with with precious metals, it's very important to remember better three hours or hours too soon than a minute too late. And, you know, ultimately, the credibility of these fiat currencies can dwindle very, very quickly. And when that happens, it's going to be where do you, the rush to value, the rush to places where there is value. And that means going back to real money. So what the what the brick nations are doing 
they're they're out of the gate first. I think the the Western countries are going to have to follow in some capacity, and it's going to come back to real money. So the the prospects for where gold and silver are headed are unreal. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to go beyond what people can really imagine, and so it's a very exciting time. So. Eh, we can handle today's prices, no problem. The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, that was uh, great reporting, by the way, and um, thank you to all the listeners for joining us here on the Real Money Show. And we can't wait to speak to you next week here on the Real Money Show on AM six forty. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto.